0: Alright, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, the angels to the, to the uh, shepherds out there, they said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I want to talk to you over the next three weeks about this idea of who is this Savior? Who is this Jesus? He has some roles. He has some jobs, if you will. And he fulfills those roles perfectly. In the Old Testament, God sovereignly and wisely in his kindness to his people gave three offices. And through those three offices, those three Old Testament offices, he spoke to his people. He shepherded his people, and he saved his people. He, he ruled over his people through these three offices. Now, their only problem came about when one of those offices, people in those offices, decided they could do the job of the other office. That happened occasionally and then never to any good result. Uh, usually, God showed up rather quickly and shut that down. So the three offices were this. There was the office of prophet. When I say prophet, I don't know, does, a, does an Old Testament prophet come to your mind? Who was an Old Testament prophet that you think of? Isaiah. Isaiah. And we, we hear him a lot this time of year, don't we? Jeremiah, right behind him. Isaiah, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. <clears throat> Who is it? Elisha and Elijah. Those fellows were prophets. One of the first prophets we see is Samuel. Um, even King David, in a sense, was a prophet. God used him prophetically uh, as he gave him some of the psalms. Um, and then we have the minor prophets. Who's a minor prophet? Did, Joel. Malachi, Joel, Nahum, Habakkuk, Amos, Obadiah, Obadiah Jonah, Micah, Nahum, right? <laughs> we can go all the way on through, all the way to Malachi. But they, these were prophets. And what was generally the prophet's job? give That's so good. I love it. To give the word of God. So I want to talk to you about that today, about Jesus. Just in this first role, it took three separate, distinct people, separate, distinct roles in the Old Testament for mankind to stay on track and be right with this God. But when Jesus comes... He is the prophet, he is the priest, and he is the king, all in one. Amen? So we're going to talk about that this morning. The first thing I want you to realize, and even as we come into this Advent season, this this is a great quote, it says this, learn much of the Lord Jesus, for every look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ, and let your soul be filled with a sense of, of the excellence of Christ. The first thing I want you to see as far as Christ fulfilling his role of prophet is that it is required. It is a required role. Um, And here's why it is required. Without a prophet, I remain in darkness. Without a prophet, I remain in darkness. And isn't that true? Darkness in the sense of a lack of light. John 3 and verse <clears throat> or excuse me, before we get to there, I want us to understand in these three roles that I need a prophet for my ignorance. And what is ignorance? That's, a, that's all it is, right? Sometimes we use it as a nasty pejorative word, don't we? But it just means not knowing. There, there's information I need and I don't have it. It's ignorance. But I need a priest for my alienation. I am alienated from God. God and I are not on the same page. Matter of fact, the Bible says that mankind is the enemy in his sin, is the enemy of God. We are estranged. And I need a priest to come in between the offended party and me, the offender, and mediate um, an outcome. that that deals with my alienation and brings us back together again. And then the last one is, I need a king for my rebellion. And let the church say, Amen. amen. We need a king to rule over us in his kindness and his righteousness and in his goodness. So I need a prophet for my ignorance. I need a priest for my alienation. And I need a king for my rebellion. I love the song, Might be my my favorite hymn, Come Thou Fount. Yeah, of every blessing. In that that one line it says, prone to what? Woo, Lord I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And unfortunately, isn't that the reality? We are prone to wander. And we need a king for our rebellion. We need a king to rule over us and to keep us from that. Jot this reference down, John 3 and verse 19. John 3, 19, here's what the Bible says. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Isn't that true? Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. There's a reason most crime takes place After dark. Right? We don't tend to do things out in the open that we know are wrong. It's the craziest thing. I've told you this before. And every so often I try it to see if it still works. I'll pull up here to the church. Daytime. And um, people just tend to. Apparently that stop sign means stop if you want to. It's a suggestion more than a rule. And it's very bad here in Lake Wildwood because they, people have figured out that the police probably, first of all, probably aren't in here. And even if they are, they're not going to ticket you um, unless they're looking for somebody. And then they'll stop everybody because nobody stops at those stop signs. But it's the oddest thing. I'll get out of my truck and I'll hear a car coming and I'll just turn around and I'll, I'll just stand there and watch. And as soon as the driver... Sees that somebody is watching. Now, I'm not there. I don't have a police cruiser. I got a Ford F 150 and it's white. <laughs> There's no lights on it. I'm not in uniform. I'm just an average Joe just standing there, but I'm watching. And what do you think they do? They slow right down and they stop. It's the strange, strangest thing. Now, some people won't. It's rare, but there are a few people that will keep on going, look at you and just keep on going, not even slow down for that stop sign. And they tend to be young people. I don't know what that means. You can you can figure all that out for yourself. But we love darkness rather than light because our deeds are evil in the light. When we think somebody's watching, we tend to behave ourselves, don't we? We need Jesus as a prophet to come and give us the word of the Lord so that we do not remain in darkness. John Calvin said this. He said, The heart of man is a perpetual factory of idols. Isn't that the truth? Don't don't we just create idols out of anything and everything? Things to worship, things to bow down to, things to give our lives to. Things that are not worthy. When we should worship only God. But boy, that... That heart is just an idol factory. And it's not just things we can make people idols, can't we? And we do it all the time. The problem is, with doing that, is those people, those things can never take the place of God. And at some point, they're going to fail you, they're going to disappoint you. And then what we idolize, we end up demonizing, right? what we love and worship when it fails to meet our needs, we turn around into uh, ill feelings and even hatred. Be careful. We need this prophet to come and give us the truth. William Temple said this, every day in a thousand ways, I make myself the center of the universe. And God sent the prophet to remind the people, it's not about you. You are not the center of this universe. We we talked about it this morning in our D groups. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And how much was made by Him? All things was made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. It's all about Him. And we need the prophet to come and to give us that word from the Lord that we might not remain in that darkness. Ephesians 4 and verse 18. The Bible says this, having their understanding, here's the word, notice the word, darkened. Isn't that true? Being alienated from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. You see, we have this ignorance in us. And it leads to blindness. It leads to our understanding being darkened. And it leads to us being separated from God. And we need Christ to be our prophet coming as a fulfillment of all of the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, right? And then we get into the minor prophets, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, all of them came and gave the word from the Lord. And Christ has come to do that because it is required, we need, amen, we need a a prophet who will come and tell us the truth. Give us the word from the Lord. So it's required. Number two, I want you to see that it is revealed. Christ reveals this to us. God reveals it to us through these prophets. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says this. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers, by who? By the prophets. God spoke to us through the prophets, and I want you to see that this was prophesied. Number one, it's prophesied in Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, verses fifteen through eighteen. Let me show you that. Turn to your Bibles to Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then what? Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. Uh, eighteen verses fifteen through eighteen. Here's what the Scripture says. Look at verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. This is, now who's talking here, by the way? Moses. This is Moses. And he's, he, he is telling them what, what to expect. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. He's talking about who? Who? He's talking about Jesus, he's talking about the one who is coming, according to all your of the, of, according to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, "Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die." Verse seventeen, and the Lord said to me, "What they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you." From among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. So, this it is, it has been prophesied that Jesus would be that prophet in the scriptures of the Old Testament. It is also described, Jesus is described as this prophet, and for that, we go to the New Testament in John 17. And again, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. This one is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. John chapter 17 and verse 7. Now, this, we find ourselves in the high priestly prayer of Jesus. This is the true Lord's Prayer. When I say the Lord's Prayer, you think of the one in Matthew 6, right? Our Father, which art in heaven. But this is that's early the disciples' prayer when they came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. This is the true Lord's prayer. And in the middle of this, he prays for his disciples. And look at the description in John 17, verse 7. Now they have known that uh, all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them, listen to this, what did he give the disciples? For I have given to them the words which you have given to me. That's the prophet just being described. And they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you and they have believed that you sent me. See, Jesus brought to his men and to us the words that God gave him. The Father gave him those words to speak. And then we have Jesus as the prophet ascribed And this comes first in John 4, 25 to 26. The scripture says, The woman said to him, this is the woman at the well, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. And when he comes, he'll tell us all things. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says to her, verse 26, I who speak to you, what? I'm him. Yep, he's here. I am that prophet who has come to tell you all things. To bring that prophecy from the Lord. We also see it in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. The Scripture says this. Now, this is Jesus, interestingly enough. He's in the temple, or He's in a synagogue, excuse me. In I believe He's in um, His hometown of Nazareth. Because this thing does not go well for Him when He's done saying what He's about to say. But He quotes from the Old Testament, verse 18. He says, "...the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel or the good news to the poor." He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to explain and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now again, this is this is a direct quote from the book of Isaiah, the prophet of the prophet Isaiah. And that's all fine until he gives commentary on it. So what in in, in the gathering at the synagogue any jewish man could could read um, a portion of the uh, from the old testament scroll now if he wanted to give commentary on it he would then sit down and do that so if he sits sits down that's a sign he's got something to say about that text so i'll just give you a little bit of a window <clears throat> into first century judaism now so look at verse 20 then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and what does he do He sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Why? Because he, by sitting, he indicates, I've got got some commentary to give. Now, notice what he says. And he began to say to them, pretty simple commentary, right? Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Again, we don't think anything about that. Isaiah is talking about the prophet who is to come, who is going to be the Messiah, the anointed one of God, who is going to be God himself. And Jesus basically, just like he says to the woman at the well, I'm the guy. This is all written about me. And if you want to see how well they accepted him, go finish reading. They're going to kill him. They're going to execute him for blasphemy because he makes himself the son of God because he was Right? He is bringing them the word of the Lord, and they want nothing to do with it. John 6.14, again, Jesus as the prophet ascribed. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did. So Jesus' signs always backed up his message. When they saw what Jesus did, here's the conclusion they came to. Check it out now. This is truly, for sure, the prophet who has come into the world. This is him. This guy's got something to tell us from God. Luke 7 and verse 16. Then fear came upon all and they glorified God saying, quote, a great prophet has risen up among us and God has visited his people. You see it? It's ascribed. Jesus is this prophet. He, he's got this role. We move forward Into Luke 4, verses 18 to 21. I'm sorry, not not Luke, John 3, 1 to 2. He says this, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. You remember him? And he comes to Jesus at night in the evening when it's dark. And he says to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Even some... Other religious leaders recognized that Jesus had something to bring to them, something to say to them from God in that role of prophet. Two more. Matthew 16, just jotted down 13 to 14, says this. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I the Son of Man am? And what were the rumors circulating at this point in Jesus' ministry? Verse 14. And they said, oh, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He was, he was attested by his own people, who still didn't quite have him figured out, but knew that he served in a role of prophet. And then the last one is Luke 4 and verse 24. Then he, Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. So Jesus calls himself a prophet, refers to himself as a prophet. And remember, a prophet is one who brings the word of the Lord to the people so that they no longer remain in ignorance. He brings us what we need to know, the word from God. I also want you to see here that he is number three. He is recognized. He is recognized by the people. He is recognized as a prophet in the role of a prophet. Now remember, prophets delivered the word of God to the people of God. And that's what Jesus is doing. But Jesus is doing it a little bit different. We we kind of dealt with it this morning. Jesus was the word he delivered. That's a little different, isn't it? Jesus was the message. We read it this morning in our D groups. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was His own message. He was the Word, if you will, in flesh, in fleshment. John 1.14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We see this in Luke 24. I'm sorry, Luke 24, yeah, verses 25 to 27. Listen to this. And then He said, Jesus... O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Now he's here in Luke 24. He's talking um, to the disciples on, on the road to Emmaus. He said, why are you so slow to believe everything the prophets have told you? The Messiah was supposed to suffer. But you did not believe it, and then enter into his own glory. We see it again in the same chapter in Luke 24, verses 31 to 32. As as Jesus brings them, reminds them of all that the prophets have spoken, as he is a fulfillment of all prophets, all the Old Testament prophets were pointing to the prophet, the role of prophet that Jesus would serve in. Verse 31 Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Now look at the result of Jesus' recognized role as a prophet in verse 32. And then they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Right? And hopefully that is also our experience of Jesus as prophet. Amen? That As as we read what Christ has said, the word that he was that he brings from the Father to us, as Savior, Rescuer. The Word is simply this. You can't save yourself. That's why He comes. The Word is, I have come into the world to seek and to what? Save the lost. And by the way, I got a newsflash for you. you. and I were the lost, and some of us still are. I've come to seek and to save the lost. And then lastly, He is The prophet realized. How do we realize who Jesus is today? How do we come to the understanding that he is the prophet who brings to us the very word of God? He is the word in human flesh. How do we we realize that today? How do we realize the truth, the commands of Christ, so that we might then go and do what he says? Because what does Jesus say? If you love me, what? Do what I say. Keep my commandments. Well, what commandments? How do we engage? How do we interact with what Jesus the prophet came to tell us about God? About himself even? Well, we do it through the regular preaching and teaching of God's word. That's why, have you ever thought, maybe I just do this because being a pastor, being a preacher, I just, uh, this has become normal to me. But even I sometimes, oftentimes, to be truthful with you, I will step back and I will, I will ponder, what, what is preaching? Why does it even work? I mean, really, think about it. Why do we, why do we gather here on a Sunday morning for an hour Just to hear some man get up, read the scripture, and give commentary on it. That's really what preaching is. It's not unlike what Jesus does at the synagogue in his hometown. Very small place, by the way, Nazareth. Very, very tiny town. And that's why when he gets done saying that, and says, oh, by the way, folks, uh, today that scripture fulfilled in your ears. I'm the guy. You know what the first thing, you know what the first response is? uh isn't he joseph's son don't we know him and he's making himself out to be the son of god this the the chosen messiah let's throw him off the cliff literally what they say right and and in some miraculous turn of events jesus just passes through their midst and leaves right they weren't too keen on the idea But what Jesus does is he just reads the scripture, sits down and gives some commentary on it. And today I stand before you in the spirit of that same prophet today. We're reading the scriptures together and I'm giving you commentary on it. Now the scriptures are 100%. My commentary, not so much. Right? And I'll be the first guy to tell you, don't believe a word I say up here. Not a lot of preachers will tell you that, but I will because I respect this book too much. You take what I say, take some notes, and then go, go home and open this book up yourself and read and study and see if I'm right or if I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, you have the right, I would say, even you have the responsibility to tell me about that. And some of you do. You say, they do? Yes. My son Paul tells me all the time when I get something wrong. <laughs> he does. He does. And, it, and, and, I, and I, I'm really, I don't think I've ever been offended. I've laughed at myself a little bit. How could I get that wrong? Jim Williams used to tell me, too. If I, if I got something wrong, he'd say, well, you know, you said this, but here's really, here's what the Scripture says. Or, or, you know, usually it's historical things, or I'll get something out of order. But if I get something wrong, tell me, because my commentary can be wrong. But all oh, I want to tell you, the Scripture's never wrong. Amen? And it baffles me. That through the preaching of the word, Paul Paul was not overly enamored with himself or with his office, but he understood the power of preaching, the power of declaring Jesus as prophet, priest, and king. Because he said through the foolishness of preaching, what's he called preaching? Foolishness. The foolishness. It's so, it's crazy. The foolishness of preaching, God chooses to save those who believe. God uses the public, passionate declaration of His Holy Word to save us, to rescue us. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a what, church? A Savior. And we need this Savior. And we meet this Savior through the public Passionate declaration of God's holy word, and Jesus was the word that He delivered. Wow! And there's—I'm not going to lie. There's times it's disappointing, right? I read something by somebody posted a quote by Charles Spurgeon. Matter of fact, I remember who it was. Now it was—I uh, should—I should I have looked it up to get it accurate, but it was uh, Craig Ireland. Our our Australian preacher friend whose last name is Ireland. How can you be Australian and have a last name of Ireland? I don't know. Other than Australia, much like Georgia, started off as a penal colony. Uh, Australia was, apparently Britain had a lot of prisons in their colonies. Georgia was one and Australia was one, so maybe that's how it happened. I don't know. But he's, he's, he's Pastor Ireland from Australia. And he, he posted a quote from C.H. Spurgeon, he's a big Spurgeon fan. And Craig just wrote a book, uh, which, which I'm looking forward to reading, about pastors. And Spurgeon basically says, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but he basically says, Pastor, when you get up and you preach the gospel, you, you ought to be absolutely floored and flabbergasted if nobody responds to it. Because through the preaching of the word, the power of God is displayed. And today, when I read that quote, my heart was a little saddened because today, and I think, I think Jay Lordson will agree with me today, Jay, aren't we, aren't we flabbergasted when people do respond? And we got it so backwards. The Savior is realized, he is recognized through the regular, public, passionate declaration of his word. John Calvin said this. He received anointing, not for himself that he might carry out the office of teaching, but for his whole body, that the power of the Spirit might be present in the continued preaching of the gospel. power of the Holy Spirit, that this anointing of Christ is transferred to us through the powerful preaching, declaration of Jesus as Savior. What a word today. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. Second Corinthians 5.20 says this, now then... Paul writing, we are ambassadors for Christ. Listen to this. Listen. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. What's the message of the preacher? Be reconciled to God. And it takes a prophet, a priest, and a king to pull that reconciliation off. And we don't have three separate offices anymore. We have one fulfilled through the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? And Paul said, hey, I'm just just joining with Jesus, telling you, bringing you the word from the Lord, which is be reconciled to God. And that's my message to you today. I don't care where you are. I don't care how discouraged you are today. I don't care if your walk with God is as flat as soda that's been left out for a week. I'm here to tell you, you can be reconciled, and you must be reconciled to God today. Amen? That's the message. And I'm just preaching what my namesake preached. Be reconciled to God. And then our last verse today is in John 12 and 32. You should know this. It's we have heard it. Jesus speaking of himself, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Is it my job to draw you to Christ today? No. Is it your job to draw your family and friends to Christ? No. What's our job? Lift him up. Now, Jesus was specifically talking about him being lifted up on the cross. So, who do we lift up? We lift up a crucified, buried, and resurrected and ascended prophet, priest, and king. Amen. A Savior. Jesus. That's what his name means. Rescuer. A King. That's what Christ means. And a Master a Lord. That's who we lift up. We lift Him up. He mastered death. He bore sin. He's resurrected in His perfection and He has ascended to the Father, the right hand. And right now He's putting everything under His feet as supreme ruler and king. David McCullough said this. He said, when the gospel is made known, I love this, Christ walks among His people. It's the miracle of Christmas all over again. Isn't that beautiful? When the gospel is made known, Jesus walks amongst us again. He goes on to say this. Christ clothed himself in humanity, spurning the language of angels to speak with the tongues of mortals. Man, that's our king. Amen. That's our prophet who brought... Not only the word of the Lord to us, He was the very word that He brought to us from the Father. He is God incarnate in human flesh. And He beautifully, fully, and completely fulfills the office of prophet. And you know what? He's still doing it today. Has not God spoken to us today through the Son, through His word? As we exalt Him, as we lift Him up, He draws people to Him. And our job is to declare Him, to preach Him, to prophesy, to bring to those around us the Word from God. And we do that in four ways. And I'm just going to name them. We must prophesy with conviction. we got to believe it, folks. Amen? we got to believe that we need a Savior. we got to prophesy with confidence. And that goes to that Spurgeon quote, and that that cuts me a little bit this morning. I'm not going to lie to you. Are you confident that Jesus can rule uh, rule your life and rule it well? Are you confident that, 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 that as you declare the truth of the gospel, that Jesus Christ can and will change the lives of the people you know and love? Are you confident as you preach the gospel to yourself every single day that it can and will have a real-world impact on your heart that very single day? We need to prophesy with conviction and confidence, but we also need to prophesy with compassion. Amen? Aren't you glad that our king is a king of compassion today? A smoking flax he would not put out, and a bruised reed he would not break. And we need to prophesy. We need to lift up this Christ with the compassion of the call. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Aren't you glad for a king who gives us that rest today? We must prophesy with his compassion, but oh, the last one, so so very important. We gotta prophesy with clarity. We gotta tell the as they used to say, the truth, the whole truth, and what? Bless. Nothing but the truth. So help us God, amen? we got to be clear. Hey, you can be fuzzy about a lot of things. But well, we better not be fuzzy about the gospel, amen? We better not be fuzzy about the Lord Jesus Christ as he fulfills his role as both prophet, priest, and king, as Savior, as Christ, and as Lord. As Savior, rescuer, he is our prophet. He dispels the darkness with with revelatory light in, through, and about Himself as He brings us the Word of God as He is the Word from God. And it's the Word that we so desperately need to both hear today and to receive. Have you received Him today? As you have heard the Gospel declared, as prophet, priest, and king, Savior, Christ, and Lord. I urge you to do that before it is eternally too late. And don't sit there and think, well, you know what, I'm good. I said that prayer and I got dunked. God and I are good. Mm, Oh, be careful. That God will give us ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church today. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you thanking you for... Christ as our prophet, that he is realized through the preaching of your word, that he is recognized through his ministry as he was the word that he delivered, and that, Lord, we would do well to recognize him today, that he is revealed through the pages of Scripture, because this prophet who is our our king and our savior is also required Because without him we remain in darkness. And there is none so blind as him who will not see. So God, would you give us ears to hear and eyes to see. May we receive the truth of your word. May thus saith the Lord be a joy and not a burden. And may your light reveal truth today. And may we run towards it. May we receive the gift of Christ as prophet, priest, and king, as Savior, King, and Lord. May we do it to your glory in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing our hymn of the month. I guess it's a carol. Maybe it's a hymn. I had people ask if we were going to, uh, we need a uh, request that we sing this times other than Christmas. And I love it so well. O come all ye unfaithful. And aren't we? Aren't we the unfaithful? And oh, if it were not for the faithfulness of Christ, how much trouble would we be in today? And may we may we revel in Christ as our prophet who brings us the word from the Lord as the word in the flesh. And realize that though we are unfaithful, we have a faithful prophet. We have a faithful priest and we have a faithful king. Amen. Amen. If you do not know him today. I urge you, I command you to obey the gospel to repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus. He said, I don't just really don't know what that means. Then as they're singing, come see me. I'll t- I'd love to tell you about that, how you can give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive his life as a ransom for yours. Amen?